Hello everybody, Tanner Green here, one half of the Chart Chat team, bringing you the third in a four-part series on my favorite albums of 2019. Over the course of the past year, I've listened to every single album and EP that debuted on the Billboard 200, tallied the numbers, distilled them into what I think are a batch of pretty exciting, pretty fantastic albums. And in this episode, I'm going to be drawing from the albums and EPs that hit the Billboard 200 in the third quarter of 2019. So we're talking July, August, and September. Nine great albums that we're going to be running through. If you want to check out the first two episodes in this series, go ahead and check that out on our YouTube page or in the podcast feed. Episode one has about six albums, if I recall correctly, and episode two doubles that to 12. So we're kind of splitting the difference here with nine, but let's go ahead and dive right into the first one. Where we've got an album and Netflix short film that marks this musician's third appearance on the Billboard 200 as a solo artist. That song was called Dawn Chorus. That comes to us from Tom York's latest solo album called Anima. Like much of his previous work with electronics, York favors percussion made from the briefest of sounds. There's very little sustain or release on the kicks or hi-hats, just quick little blips that totter about. And these blips are quite enjoyable on their own, since they constitute some of the most limber beats of York's career, but they're especially memorable set against the chords of a song like Dawn Chorus. These chords are all sustained, with timbres and voice leading reminiscent of a church organ. At a fluctuating tempo akin to a person's breath and regretful lyrics on a life of mistakes, and the yearning for redemption feels downright palpable. Now for a tonal shift, here's an up-and-coming rapper's first appearance on the Billboard 200 with an EP that debuted at 192 the last week of July and eventually peaked at number 85 in early September. That was Saweetie and her song Hot Boy off of her EP titled Icy. With only a handful of songs, Saweetie makes an excellent case for 2000s nostalgia. Her breakout hit My Type invokes Crunk with the Petey Pablo sample, while Emotional makes savvy use of Beyonce's Crazy in Love. At no point does Saweetie let these samples do the heavy lifting, though. She's sharp, she's engaged, and she's able to inhabit multiple vocal personas with ease. Hot Boy, which we heard, is the standout example. Saweetie starts by playing the role of a sultry girlfriend, complete with aggressive vocal fry. And then on the chorus, she switches over to an emotionally detached tone. And then, just when you think the song might be over, an outro begins. And Saweetie dons more filters and auto-tune to admit that she might not be all that attached to her hot boy. The track covers an impressive amount of ground in five minutes, which is a fitting microcosm for Saweetie's EP as a whole. Moving on, another artist's first appearance on the Billboard 200... This one with her debut album hitting number 51, the chart week of August 17th. Right 
That was Claro and her song Bags from her debut album, Immunity. In one fell swoop, Claro establishes herself as a songwriter of remarkable skill. Most immediately noticeable is her ear for a tune, plain and simple, as she makes instant earworms out of descending melodic phrases on tracks like Sophia. Claro undergirds these melodies with thoughtful lyrics on sensitive subjects, ranging from her emerging bisexuality to her struggles with arthritis and depression, but she never tips into despair. Instead, she sings with a curious mix of detachment and contentment, gesturing at emotional paralysis while holding strong to her sense of self. And in collaboration with Vampire Weekend alum Rostam Batmanglij, she dresses these songs in cozy arrangements that split the difference between low and hi-fi. Keeping up with the pattern, up next is a Swedish artist's first appearance on the Billboard 200, debuting at number 73 in late August. That was Snow Allegra and her song Find Someone Like You from her album Ugh, Those Feels Again. Allegra has one of the absolute best voices in pop right now, so I'm kind of bewildered as to why she isn't more popular. Her tone is crisp, her phrasing precise, and the way she gently trails off the ends of some notes. It's just elegance through and through. And these vocal strengths inform her songwriting, where she can dig through romantic strife without giving the audience cause for concern. Allegra will handle the drama with poise buoyed by complex harmonies and spurred by the putter of hip and trip-hop beats. Next up, here's a rap group's fourth appearance on the Billboard 200 in two years, debuting at number three in early September. How many sides to a story can it be when you saw it with your own eyes? I got all my thoughts out on records y'all won't ever hear. Try to give it time, find that truth trickles down. It's the fan freezes over like a dagger to the spot with somebody that you know throws you in the fire. How do you survive? I kicked down the door inside a home I did it all just to save a friend's life. Little did I know the one who pulled the strings was once on my side. The song is called Dearly Departed. It comes with from Brockhampton's latest album, Ginger. Brockhampton continue to plumb the overwhelming intersection of sadness and anger. As always with their music, any given song is liable to have a couple unexpected sonic details or genre combinations, but where critics of the group's post-saturation output hear sloppiness or inertia, I hear emotional complexity. Dearly Departed is the most concrete example of this affective swirl, since it most directly addresses former group member Amir Van, who was dismissed after allegations of sexual abuse last year. Jova's chorus reads as mournful eulogy, Kevin Abstract's verse skews towards numbness, and Dom McLennan's fury overflows. At the end of his verse, McLennan smacks his microphone to the floor and storms out the studio doors. All that comes after is a distant fuzz guitar solo, left to grapple with the sense of both loss and betrayal. Next album on the list. We've got a country icon in her first album in 10 years and her first album of original material in almost 20. I thought if I could touch this place or feel it this brokenness inside me might start healing Out here it's like I'm someone else I thought that maybe I could find myself If I could just come in I swear I'll leave Won't take nothing but a memory 
from the house that built me. That was Tanya Tucker and her performance of the song The House That Built Me from her latest album called While I'm Livin'. Tucker faces her twilight years with a range of emotions, from the joy of newfound singlehood on I Don't Owe You Anything, to the quiet reflection of Grammy-nominated closer Bring My Flowers Now. At every turn, Tucker sings with a warmth that beckons listeners close, matching the simple grace of her backing band. Brandy Carlisle supplies Tucker with an excellent set of songs, but it's a Miranda Lambert cover that provides the most intense gut punch. The house that built me is devastating. An elderly mother attempting to connect with the past by revisiting her old house after her children are grown. Every chorus begins with the lines, I thought if I could touch this place or feel it, this brokenness inside me might start healing. Every time Tucker sings those lines, her voice strains with the intensity of her yearning, only to falter on the word touch. Every time she sings the word touch, Tucker's voice breaks a bit and she pulls it back, as if realizing the futility of her wish. Every time, my heart just breaks. Moving onwards, a North Carolina rapper's third album and her second to hit the Billboard 200, debuting at number 76 in early September. The song is called Nina. It's off of Rhapsody's latest album, Eve. Rhapsody names each of Eve's 16 tracks after a black woman who inspires her, paying homage to her predecessors and hoping that she can pay her debt forward to the next generation. I'd be surprised if she wasn't successful, since Rhapsody is an exceptional rapper, filling her lines with intricate rhyme schemes and reflections on historical legacy. She's sober, but never dour, and her beats suit that mood, tapering off the treble frequencies while still leaving room for more up-tempo fare. Tracks like Oprah and Whoopi feature Rhapsody at her most playful, spinning through boasts of musical skill and financial success. But even when celebrating the latter, she still looks outward, starting a verse with the line, Give the homeless homies money so they eat well. Next on the list, here's one of the most critically acclaimed albums of the year, which debuted at number three, the chart week of September 14th. Ice cream, ice queen I dream in jeans and leather Life stream, I'm sweet for you Oh God, miss you on my lips It's me, a little Venice On the stoop with the neighborhood kids Calling out bang, bang, kiss, kiss You're in the yard, I light the fire And as the summer fades that was Lana Del Rey with a song I can't say the full title of, but we'll call it Venice B off of her latest album, which I also can't say the full name of, but we'll call it Norman Effing Rockwell. And so last week I messaged Charchat co-host and noted Lana Del Rey fan Caitlin Flay. And I told her, told her this album makes for fantastic listening while you're sick. The song Venice B already makes me want to lip sync dramatically while lying face down on the floor, but being weak and congested with a cold just makes that sound even more appealing. It's idiosyncratic praise to be sure, but it speaks to much of what I love about Norman Effing Rockwell. Lana somehow makes emotional numbness intensely emotional. Again, take Venice B and her delivery of a line like, back in the garden, we're getting high now because we're older. 
She sings those lines with detachment, sure, but that detachment registers as much more than a posture. There's the melancholy of aging, the sumptuousness of pleasure, a weariness of the world outside her garden. That weariness is rendered on a Herculean scale thanks to Lana's inspired use of double tracking, which adds further layers of nuance to her singing. The additional vocals often have the counterintuitive effect of making her sound less present, a little more ghostly, perhaps a fitting response to her reflections on American decay and personal despair. But as she insists on the album's final song, she maintains hope. And when she jumps up an octave in that track's final seconds, there's no double tracking at all. It's just Lana and a piano. Bold, direct, and resolute. And our last album on the list for this quarter, the Los Angeles artist making his first appearance on the Billboard 200 with his third album, dipping at number 64 that same September week as Lana Del Rey. Give me space, let me breathe. Never gonna rest if you never gonna let me. I understand it's what you need. But it won't be my best if I ain't got nothing left. Baby, I can't lie, I got money on my mind. Baby, I can't lie, I got money on my mind. You love spending time, you ain't gotta spend the time. Long as we're in rhythm, you don't care about the run. When it's slow or flame, you want me to heat it up. Tyson in the rain, you want me to beat it up. How you like it, I know how you like it. That was Sir and his song Mood off of his new album called Chasing Summer. Romantic pessimism rarely sounds this luxurious. On Chasing Summer, Sir hasn't completely given up on love, but he mostly keeps his distance, preempting the disappointment he's braced for. That bracing isn't brittle, though. These grooves are deep and wide, with percussion a bit behind the beat and guitar lines swirling across the stereo field. Sir favors languid melodies, too. On Still Blue, he sounds as if he's half awake in an easy chair, with plush harmonies pulling him back to sleep every chorus. And even on more up-tempo tracks like Mood, which we heard... Sir's mellow voice and accompaniment ensure nobody gets too rowdy. And that's it. Nine great albums from the third quarter of 2019 that you should go check out. While you're at it, check out the first two installments of this series, as well as our back catalog of episodes going back to kind of late 2017 or so, in the build-up to us making our grand return to weekly episodes next year. But until then, I'll catch you all next week.